And it was almost like God, like kicking me out the door. Like, you know what, Terry, I told you, you can do this. I told you I would provide for you. Now go. You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews Okome. So let's get started. Hey, hey guys, welcome, welcome back to the show. Today in the guest chair, I have Terry Ijama. Terry began her professional career working in education and nonprofits. Then she started trading stocks about 10 years ago as a side hustle. She initially just saw it as an opportunity to simply supplement her income. However, she was so good at it and was so successful with this side hustle that in 2017, she decided to quit her job, travel the world, and began trading full-time. While traveling, Terry was consistently asked to show others how she was successfully trading in the stock market. So she set up and taught her first class while she was traveling in Thailand, her second one in Vietnam, and had a fully-fledged curriculum created by the time she returned to the States. Terry now offers an online curriculum that shares her investing strategies with people all over the world. She also partners with organizations and companies to train and empower individuals to achieve financial freedom and build wealth through investing. Terry received her bachelor's degree in management science from Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, and her master's in media and communications from Dallas Theological Seminary. She was even named the 2018 Entrepreneur of the Year by the National Black MBA Association and was the grand champion of Teachable's 2019 Creator Challenge. That's how I actually found Terry. I attended her teachable training and learned so much and have been following and learning from her ever since. One thing to note before we get into this episode, if you'd like to hear more from Terry, even after this episode, you can find her free webinar on how she makes $1,000 in a day at itradeandtravel.com. And when you enroll in her trade and travel course, do it at sidehustlepro.co slash trade and travel. Again, that's sidehustlepro.co slash trade and travel to let her know you heard about her on this episode and I sent her to you. Alrighty, now let's get right into it. Welcome to the guest chair, Terry. Hello, it is so great to be here. Thanks so much for having me, Nikayla. Thank you for being here at last. I was really excited to speak with you. You're someone who I have admired from afar, been learning from from afar. And now it's time for me to share you with the Side Hustle Pro world. Um, so for those of you who don't know Terry, we're going to just dive in to her background and what she does. So give us a peek into the life of Terry. You know, who are you? What do you currently do? I am a millennial millionaire. I am a minister. I am a stock investor, but ultimately I'm just an investor overall. I love investing in stocks in order to be able to afford my dreams. And that's what I do personally. I'm a day and swing trader. And then that's what I teach over 2,300 students how to do on a regular basis. How do you invest in the stock market to be able to pay off your debt, to go on trips, to, um, pay down your mortgage, buy a new house? Like, how do you actually use stocks real time to make money now? Love it. Now, you 
went to MIT for undergrad. Then you got your master's in media and communications from a seminary of all places. I got to learn more about that. And your last role was in education. That is quite the interesting and nonlinear background, which I love because I also have one of those nonlinear backgrounds. So walk us through your career journey a bit more. How did your educational and career background shape who you are today? Sure. So I actually like this whole trade and travel journey was by happenstance. Like I did not set out to teach a course on how to trade and travel. I just set out to be free. And the things that I loved were trading stocks and, and and traveling the world. And it kind of like my, my first peak at trading stocks happened in high school. I was a junior going into senior year and I did this program called LEAD and they took us to a college. So I went to Northwestern University in Chicago and they introduced us to business. So lo and behold, they did not know how much they would change my life because they took my group of students to the New York, the New York, to Chicago Stock Exchange. And there I was introduced to stocks. And I remember it just blowing my mind. And it was crazy because right after that, my senior year, Google had their IPO. And I remember telling like all my teachers, everybody, oh my God, guys, we got to invest. But nobody knew how to do it. And I remember going to my grandmother and being like, Greeny, we got to buy shares. They're opening up for $83. (laughs) Can you believe like now Google's trading at over $1,500 per share. Had we even (sighs) just bought one share, like (laughs) we would have had such a big return, but we just didn't know what to do. So that was my first intro to stocks. I remember wanting to get involved, but not really knowing how to do it. And now looking back, I'm like, man, what kind of opportunity would my whole life have had if I knew how to do it. So I think that's like a little piece of the puzzle. And then fast forward in college, I went to MIT, as you said, and I interned at Morgan Stanley. And it was funny because I actually wanted to intern intern in um, consulting. I thought like, oh, they get to travel and that, that travel bug. I was like, they get to be all over the world, but I didn't get that job. I got the one in banking. But it was another piece of the puzzle. Like I got exposed to investing and all these people making money in the stock market. And it just really piqued my interest. I decided to go back into consulting. And that's where this whole like education trajectory went into play. I went into consulting. One of our clients was Teach for America. And then I I was like, oh, wow. Like I have a purpose now. I need to help all these kids that are in, in unrepresented backgrounds and don't have a chance at equal opportunity to be able to to flourish in education. So I went on purpose instead of, mm. yeah, it's like, girl, we can, yeah, we can keep talking about the story. But I, and I mean, consulting, consulting is, is one of those things that it's like, you either like it or you don't. <laughs> so, so that can cause you to pivot real quick, right? <laughs> and it's crazy because sometimes you go into jobs like consulting or any job and you feel like you're going to have this big, like, I'm going to change the world. But then your actual job day to day is like, I'm looking at spreadsheets. I'm building decks. It's not as fun and glamorous as you mm-hmm. as you thought about it or thought it would be when you first go in. So that's literally what happened to me. I got into the job with all these big dreams. And then my day-to-day was putting together spreadsheets and analyzing PowerPoint decks for other people. And yeah, so that was when I said, you know what? I want to do something different. Let me um, change careers and went into the education route ultimately leading to being an assistant principal of a, of an elementary school, but yes, but you know what? Like 
I was doing some soul searching. And I think that what I did was I was, when I went into education, I was in, I was going for a purpose, but I gave up my life. And I think oftentimes when we're in ministry, when we're in nonprofits, when we're in education, like everything is about the the goal and the purpose. Like we have these big missions. I'm serving kids. I'm helping to, um, you know, build the world, but you give up your life. You're working nonstop. You're 24 hours, 24 seven on the job. You're not enjoying it. And, and that's when I said, I got to do something different. And that led to trade and travel. Wow. You're so right in terms of everything you just said, you know, giving up your life and wanting to make a difference. But sometimes the way you think you can make a difference is not how it ends up showing up for you. And it's not how um, you're best serving. So what is trade and travel? Break it down for us. What does it encompass or what did it encompass when you started it? And what does it encompass now? When I first started it, it literally was, I wrote in my journal that if I could do anything in the world, what would it be? I would trade stocks and travel the world. And this was while I was still at the school and I was hating the job. I told y'all, you know, you give up your life. (laughs) So I was in one of those, like, (laughs) I'm here every day. I get no breaks. I'm stressed. I'm overeating. Um, And then at the same time, one of my friends had passed away too. So on top of hating, like, my job and being in this toxic work environment, I I was also realizing that life is way too short because something could happen at any moment. And, you know, what did I do with my life? So I remember just sitting down, I was praying and just really talking to the Lord and wrote down trading stocks because that was my hobby. I loved it. And then traveling the world. And to be completely honest with you, I remember writing that in my journal, but then for the rest of the school year, questioning myself and questioning God, like, but Lord, are you sure? Um, I, I don't know if I have enough money to, tra- to trade. I don't know if I have enough money to quit my job. Am I going to have enough time to do this? Like all the questions that go through your head, I had those questions, but what I decided was, okay, I'm going to do this as a side hustle while I'm still at the school. And I'm just going to see if I can make enough money to replace my income. If I get to a point where I can replace my income, then I really will quit. So this is me negotiating with God, which is the stupidest thing because God was like, (laughs) I can provide for you. Like you could quit today because I, (laughs) but I'm, I'm trying to make, you know, make my own plan. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, okay, Lord, all I need is $300 a day. So I started taking classes. I started trading every day. And this was as a side hustle. Like I'm still at the school, but I'm trading on the side. So I'm like, okay, if I could just make $100 a day, let's do it. Got to that point. I could make $200 a day, then $300. By the time I got to $300 a day, I was ready to quit. And that summer I told my boss, I'm not coming back. And then made some plans to just go travel around the world. Wow. Now let's unpack some of that because so much, we, you know, you just covered so much. And I completely, I think many of us relate to you on the fact that when you know someone who passes away and is your age, it just really makes you see how fragile life is. And, and we only get one, you know, well, depending on what you believe, but <laughs> true, true. <laughs> we only get one. <laughs> 
and we don't know how long it will be. So, you know, if you have some dreams, you have some goals, like why not try to build up to getting there? You know, you don't have to jump out tomorrow and go after it, but build up, make a plan. Like you did, you wrote it down. That's the first step. I'm sure many of us can also relate to you on writing it down and then kind of being like, almost intimidated by what you just wrote down. Like, oh, I don't know if I could do that, right? Yeah. So writing it down doesn't necessarily mean you'll start that day either. I wrote down, I want to do a podcast. And, you know, that was almost a year before I actually started. So when you began side hustling, you mentioned that you were taking classes and starting to learn. What was the that learning curve like for you? Did you start earning, you know, in the first few weeks or did it take much longer? It actually took quite a bit of time because my principals at the time wouldn't let me take off of work to go to class. And the the school that I wanted to go to, like these investing classes cost $25,000 per class and but they were during the daytime. And of 25,000 or 2,500? Girl, yes, 25,000. Oh, I thought you started. <laughs> yes. So I, I was serious about this. Like when I decided like this is what I'm going to do, then I put my yeah. money where my mouth was. And I said, you know what? Like I've got to go learn from the best. So I, right. I took some classes that were like, and I, I literally now coach some of the people who were in those programs and they paid like over $45,000 and still didn't learn. Now they come to me, I'm coaching them on how to trade and make money and they're starting to make money and they're like, oh man, I wish I had come to you first. But mm. yes, so I signed up for some classes. They were, they were during the daytime though. And I remember trying to take like, you know, we get part of our benefit packages. We get time off. Girl, do you know they told me no three different times? They told me no. So I would have to go listen to, like, if they had anything online, I'd have to go listen to it online. And then the classes, what I did is I broke it up into days. So in, if they had like a week long class, I would have to take the class more than once because I'd take the first two days, because that's all I could get off on, uh, from work for two days. And then I would go take the class the next time they offered it and I'd have to go those next days. So it took me actually a long time to actually complete the courses that I signed up for. But the cool thing is that I also had been trading before I took these courses. I had already been trading. So altogether, I've been trading for 10 years. I had been trading for about six years before deciding that this was going to be my exit strategy. So when I did finally get to take the classes, then I was kind of putting what they were teaching with what I was learning or already knew and making my own curriculum. So it took me at least a year, I would say, to take the classes and get to that $300 a day point because I would learn and then practice. And that's what makes it work when you practice. Yes. Say that again. <laughs> I love that. I'm I'm big on real-time learning. So sometimes when I was getting started, you know, if three different type of courses or, or lanes, side hustle lanes would interest me, I'm like, no, I'm going to zero in on what am I actually going to do? Because I like to learn and do it right away. Otherwise, you don't retain it. You don't see traction and you feel like you wasted your money, but you didn't waste your money. You just weren't focused. You weren't organized. You You didn't actually do Um, So when you say you started trading on the side as well, was that just you, you know, picking up and starting to test it out? Yes. So let me, I guess, let me tell you a couple of things. One last, so on the question that we just talked about, one of the things that it, 
that the whole practice makes perfect brings to mind is in my curriculum, I decided, so it, I actually, it took me eight months to create my curriculum and now it's an eight week program. So we have four classes where we do intro to the stock market the first week, then we go into risk management, then we do technical analysis, so how to read charts, and then we go into like putting the plan together. So what's your trading plan? What are the seven steps? And I teach my personal seven steps. But to the point of practice makes perfect, what I decided to do is in the very first class, I give my students homework to take five trades. And I think that that is a big differentiator between like me and the $25,000 classes that I was taking because they would teach you, but you would never practice. So a lot of the students would go learn all this great stuff, but then wouldn't put it into play. And I think that is so important for any investor. Like you have to actually go practice. And then to your question of like, well, what does practice look like, Terry? What are you talking about? So I'm a, a day and swing trader. So that means that I will buy a stock and then I'll wait for the price to increase and then I'll sell that stock, but I do that on a pretty active basis. So when, when I sell that stock, I can take that money and then move it into my bank account for other things. So I can use it to pay off bills. I can use it to you know, afford a trip, whatever. But it's literally like any other business. You're going to buy something low. So say you're you know, buying. Okay. Let's talk about an example that I did recently. So I did, um, I had a six figure day during Corona. I bought Boeing airlines when it fell to like $90. Then it rose the next couple of days up to $180. So I bought it at 90. When it rose to 180, I sold it for 180. So that $90 difference. Now I get to keep that and then use it for whatever I want to use it for. So that's trading. And, what, and so how many shares did you buy, buy of that? Now, I will tell you the truth. I originally, so I originally bought 10,000 shares and I was so upset with myself because if you imagine 10,000 shares times $90 would have been $900,000 trade. So originally, yeah. yes, girl. Uh, but I also teach about risk management and that the risk on that was also high. Like if it had gone down, I would have also lost a lot of money. So I ended up selling some of those shares early and I, I did, I'm trying to think of this specific one, but in this specific case, so I, I actually bought this on March 23rd and I think on my Instagram. So if you go to, I'm an investor in the testimonials, I think I actually put up screenshots of this, but I sold. I'm going right now. I know, right? I know. <laughs> if y'all hear me typing, that's because I'm going right now to her Instagram page. <laughs> but I sold some of the actual shares and then did it in yeah. options. And with the options, I bought like a certain number of contracts so that by the end of this trade, it was my first six-figure day. Like I made over $100,000, but it was options versus stock. And how does that translate into $100,000? Cuz to me I'm hearing um you know I'm hearing 90, I'm hearing 10,000 shares, I'm hearing all of this like walk us through that math too like where do, how do you go from that 90 for, to the amount of shares to your six figure day? Sure. Okay, so when you have these shares, the okay, so your profit is the number of shares times the amount that it moves. So for me, it would be the number of shares was 10,000 times the, like the profit that I made on that one stock. So it moved $90. So you say number of shares, 10,000 times 90 equals your profit. 
And that's on both sides. So that if you had lost some money, so say it was 10,000 and I had lost $20. Well, now it's 10,000 times negative 20. So I lost $200,000. But in this case, the stock went up. So I would have made 900,000. And this one, though, like I said, I sold I sold some of those shares, so I didn't realize that whole nine hundred thousand. Um, I only realized I think it was like one hundred and sixty three thousand or something like that. But I know it's over a hundred thousand that I realized. It's very similar to any business. So I used to, when I was little, I owned a concession stand. I was the queen of candy in in high school. So <laughs> so it's like you go to Sam's Club. You get a blow pop for like 10 cents per blow pop. Then you go to school and you sell it for 25 cents. Well, you bought it at 10 cents. You sold it at 25. You get to keep that 15 cent difference, right? Yes. And then your profit is just how many blow pops did you sell that day? So if you sold 10 blow pops, well, 10 times that 15 cent profit you made on each blow pop. Well, now that's what? I think it's like a dollar fifty. It's not that much, but yeah, no, but <laughs> but it's the you, same you know, concept. Part that is like, wow, it's like when you you're talking about making if you had kept all the shares, almost a million dollars. It's like, do I need to buy that many shares to be successful? Do I, you know, can, are people having to save before they can even even enter into starting to trade stocks? Great question. So on that same on that same trade. Well, what if you only had 100 shares? Well, 100 shares times how much did it cost per share? At that time, and what was the original cost again? They were selling at that time for about $92. They, it was the lowest that Boeing had been in years. And this was like right after the coronavirus crash. So like say it was $92 that I, I bought it for. Well, it would have cost me... 92 times 100, if I had 100 shares, $9,200. So if someone had $10,000, they could have bought 100 shares of that stock and still been okay. Or what if they only wanted to buy 50 shares? Well, now you only needed $4,500 to get into this trade. And it basically doubled in price. So you would have put in $4,500 to, to purchase the stock and then it went up $90, you would have made another four hundred dollars or $4,500. Like you would have doubled your money on this trade. Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. So you don't actually need a lot to get started. People often ask me that. Like I would say when you're first starting, start with $500 just to fund an account. And then we use, I use a platform called TradeStation. Many of my students, I tell them, fund the account with 500 and then practice in the simulator while you're learning. Once you start seeing that, that you're doing well in the simulator, then you can fund your account with more money. And many of them only start with like $2,000. See how they do with that if they're able to make that grow and then continue to add to their accounts. So you don't have to start with a lot. A lot of investors like Warren Buffett, they recommend the whole buy and hold strategy where you hold things longer term and hope that they increase over time. They might go up and down, but the the, the hope is that the stock stays in a steady upward trajectory and then you have a big cash out whenever you need it, right? Um, what What made you decide to do day or swing trading rather than that strategy? Buy and hold definitely has its place. It's very good for longer-term retirement uh, investing, but it's really about your goals. 
my goal was I needed something to replace my income. So I needed $300 a day. And you actually can trade stocks to make that income every day. So it's really about your goals. Even if, say, for example, you want to hire a assistant and your assistant costs $10 an hour for you to be able to have an assistant for the day, it's $80. Well, what if you had 80 shares of a stock that moved a dollar a day? Well, those 80 shares just paid for your assistant. They paid for eight hours of your time back. So it's really what your goals are. And then knowing how to use stocks to create that income now. So you decided to quit your job. You decided this was going to be what was going to replace your income. And you were going to teach people to trade full time. And you did this, what, in 2017, just three years ago? Yep. Quit the job to travel and literally had no idea of a class. I wanted to just oh, be free. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. You just wanted to be free. <laughs> I just wanted to like do my own thing. I didn't want a boss. I didn't want anybody to tell me I had to come into an office. I wanted to see the world. So it really was just about me. And then how I was affording it was trading stocks. That's literally okay. (laughs) And at at that point, how long were you trading in in earnest? Like seriously, not just, you know, dabbling and, and but like as trading for this to replace your income. At that point, I had been trading about a year full-time. Well, not full-time. It was like a side hustle, but like I was really giving it my all to replace my income for about a year before quitting in 2017. How long did it take you to, from the moment that you actually decided to quit? Was it that at the top of that year or was it, you know, midway through that you decided to quit and then actually left? It was October. So this is like, think about the school calendar. It was October of 2016 that I wrote in my journal and said, okay, I think I'm going to leave. I spent the rest of the school year preparing for the leave. And so making sure that then I'm, like I said, taking those classes and really practicing every day. And what I would do is I would like do a meeting with myself in the school day. So like right after the pickup line or the drop-off line for the students, I'd go to my office, have about 30 minutes to myself where I could look at my cell phone, look at my trade, see how things are going. Then I'd have the rest of the school day, about lunch, I'd check my cell phone. And then at the end of the day, I would then check the cell phone again because you can trade from your cell phone. So this is how I would trade at the same time that I was still working. And so that was, I was doing that for about a year and it actually like the if you were to ask like what is that day when you were like i can do this full time there was one day i was in my office and i remember my principal walked into the office and all of a sudden i had a trade going all of a sudden both of us heard this you're out of the trade or something like my computer like spoke <laughs> I remember my principal looking at me and I looked back at him and like, we didn't say nothing. And, and that trade, I had made $3,000. So that, that one trade had made almost the same amount that I make in a month at my assistant principal job. So that was the day when I was like, oh, this is real. I need, (laughs) I I can leave right now. Did your assistant principal know what was going on? Or do you think that, you know, he or she was like, oh, oh, you're not, you're doing something else. You're not focused. You know, like this. So I I had four bosses when I was at the school. This one in particular, he was pretty cool. I had actually told him that I was getting into this investing thing. Um, But I don't think he realized that I was really serious about it. Uh. I think that in his mind, he was like, 
oh, this is just like something that she's doing on the side, but it's not, it's not real. But then I did have some other bosses that were like, you know, you're not dedicated to the school if you're thinking about doing something else. And I was like, you know, you can actually do both. I could work and, and have this side hustle. And actually investing is a mindset type of thing. It teaches you discipline. It teaches you how to make decisions quickly. It teaches you how to follow a plan. Like it teaches you a little bit more about, it's not a big math thing. A lot of people are worried about math. It's not a big math thing, but it is a business thing because it's all about buyers and sellers. And you're looking at Mm -hmm. where are banks buying and where are banks selling. So you learn a lot, like even about yourself as an investor, So I wish that they had seen those positive aspects because that's the thing that would have made me an even better asset for their company. Oh, yeah. In general, I wish that companies would not be as threatened by people having side hustles and realize that their employees are developing skills that they can bring to the office and that not everyone wants to quit just because they're doing a side hustle. So um, that is, I think, across the board. Now, what happened, you know, the, the day after you quit, what happened next? Girl. So, <laughs> so, so a couple things. When I was about to quit, I got so scared. I got so scared that I actually went and hid in my friend's hospital room. He had. What? Yes. <laughs> it's, a whole, it's a whole story. I, so my principal, I knew that my principal was going to call me and I had a feeling that he was going to invite me to the next year, the next school year. And so I had been dodging his call. And the only thing I could think of, of why I couldn't have a call with him was because I needed to take care of my friend who was in the hospital. Yes. Nikayla, honestly, my friend was just fine. <laughs> he was like watching Netflix all day. He was in the hospital bed, but he was watching Netflix. He had like, um, like gotten dehydrated from um from working out or some it was some it was kind of serious but at the same time he was he was okay I didn't need to babysit him but I literally sat in that hospital room on the little couch in the hospital trying to avoid talking to my principal and finally my principal calls and I like have to answer the phone and he's like okay so are you ready I'm so excited to let you know that you know you're gonna get this new role because they actually had given me a raise and everything at the school and I was like I'm sorry. Thank you so much for this offer, but I'm, I'm not going to take it. And he was, I think he was shocked. He was like, what? <laughs> he had <to> work- <laughs> like, where's this coming from? Yes. yes. And about a month later, so October of 2017. So I guess it's like a few months after we talked, cause we talked in July. And then in October, I embarked on this journey. I set out for, I went to South Korea for a month, then I went to Thailand for a month, then I went to Vietnam for a month, and just lived my best life. No bosses, no kids, no, no nothing. You know, like none of the students from the school, nobody calling me. <laughs> nobody calling, nobody texting. Yes. Tell us a little bit how that works logistically. So did you give up your house? Were you renting? Did you, you know, give up your lease? How how does one do that nomad life? So I <laughs> This is just another, this is another story of how God like pushed me into this. So I had, I had decided in my head, even after I quit, that I was going to get a new apartment on this high rise. So I was on the 25th floor looking over Dallas, just living my best life. I was going to trade stocks and live my best life in this high rise. 
Do you know that it flooded? My apartment flooded and everything was destroyed. <gasps> yes. What? And it was so crazy because I had gone, I had actually gone to Puerto Rico with some girlfriends and my aunt was staying at my place. And she called me while I was in Puerto Rico, which was really weird because, you know, like we don't do long distance phone calls. I'm like, this call is expensive. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, she's like, Terry, your place is flooded. And I, I thought she was pranking me. I was like, is this a prank? What? Show me a picture. And then she literally sent me a picture and everything was underwater. And I, yes. Literally my, my heart, like, wor- talk about worst fears. Like, even with, uh, you know, rental insurance, it's like, wh- how, what? But you know what? I think so. Remember when I told you that a year before I had written in my journal and told the Lord I wanted to trade and travel. Now I'm Mm -hmm. sitting here making my own plan for my life. Like, that's okay. I'm going to trade and stay in this high rise. (laughs) And I think the Lord was like, oh, that's your plan? Bet. Let me let it rain (laughs) in your 25th floor apartment and let there be a flood. (laughs) And it was so, it was like, really, Lord? But what was so cool about it is one of my excuses for trading and traveling was, Lord, I don't have the money. I don't think Mm -hmm. I can do it because I don't have the money. Do you know after that flood, insurance paid me $8,000 to replace all my stuff. Mm. And the thing was, since I was traveling, I didn't need my stuff. So I like... Everything I threw everything away, had an eight thousand dollar check, and now I only had two two suitcases to my name to travel the world, and it was almost like God like kicking me out the door. Like you know what, Terry? I told you you can do this. I told you I would provide for you. Now go. And after wow. that happened, it was just like you know what? This ain't even about me anymore. Let me go take mm-hmm. this trip. And I had my two suitcases and I found a program. So it's very much like um, there's a, a program called Remote Year that a lot of people do. And they like travel to different cities for a month at a time. Have you heard about that program? No. Tell me about it. Okay. I didn't do Remote Year. I did another program called We Roam. It was very similar. But it was like you, they had a group of about 30 of us that were professionals that could work from anywhere. And we were going to travel together. But we would go to like one country at a time and we'd stay there for a month. So our first one was South Korea, and I had no idea at the time what South Korea was, where it was. I I just knew I was getting on a plane because God said go. So <laughs> I got on the plane, and South Korea was beautiful. Like, they had bigger cities than I had ever seen. Like, if New York has one skyscraper, South Korea had, like, three of the same skyscraper. Like, it was just beautiful. And did it as a group, went to Thailand that next month. And those people I was with are actually the ones who started trade and travel because they started asking me to teach them how to trade. And I, I obliged and did a class. And that's really oh. how it started. Mm-hmm. Look, I just want to pause for a second and just marvel really at this entire story and journey that you've experienced. I mean, Talk about a sign, like literally all of your belongings, you know, having to pick up and, you know, your old life being washed away and and you're literally being told, start fresh, start, like, stop holding on to this stuff, stop holding on to this life. And then finding this program. So with this program, was everyone just doing their own thing and the, the whole point of the program is it just kind of helps people to have community within these different countries is that 
what it does? Yes, that's exactly what it was. Like we had one person that was a consultant that could work from anywhere. We had another person that was a writer. So, yep, they were all different professions. We just had community as we traveled. And they were asking you, how in the world are you living off trading? And so you did a class. Yes. They kept asking me like on the side, they were like, oh, Terry, can we go to coffee? And I'm thinking, <laughs> what you want to talk about? And they were, they would ask me, well, I want to know how to trade. Teach me how to trade. So I went to a couple of the um, co-working spaces and I said, okay, well, hey guys, instead of coffee for everyone, let's just, <laughs> let's just have this class. And so I put together a little PowerPoint. I called it intro to the stock market and taught them the basics. Kind of like you were asking me when you buy it, what do you do? Okay. If you look at a chart, it'll tell you where the stocks are buying or the banks are buying. Get in at this level on the stock chart. I look at candlesticks. So I showed them a little bit, you know, real basic though. We get in at this level, then you're going to ride it to you know, this level and sell it. You get to keep the difference, you know, like real basic, but they absolutely loved it. And so then the next month they said, well, let's do it again. So we, <laughs> we traveled to Vietnam and we did it again. We had a whole nother co-working space and this time other expats started to come. So it wasn't just us. And they said, well, is it a series? And I was like, no, not a series. This is just, you know, a one-time little class. I'm enjoying this because I actually really enjoy teaching. And I think that was one of those things where this is a gift. I realized that, like, teaching is a gifting for me. Not only am I able to make things simple for other people, but I also light up. Like, it gave me energy. And so now I'm realizing I'm actually having fun with this. But I still thought it was just a one-time thing. Until I got to Dallas, I was finishing up seminary, and my my last month, I asked them, hey, can I just use a classroom? I'm going to invite some people, do a workshop, and teach them about stocks. And they were kind of, you know, they look at you a little funny. They're like, you're in seminary. Why are you teaching about stocks? But I'm like, hey, just go with me. And one of my advisors is like, sure, because he also wanted to learn to invest. So he's like, sure, as long as I can come. And I'm like, yep, you're there. Uh, <laughs> and and lo and behold, 71 people showed up. And I said, wow. oh, this is a thing. Yep. This is, this is why I went on this whole journey. This is why you pushed mm-hmm. me out into the world, Lord. This is why you prepared me on this education journey and this investing journey. You know, like, then you start seeing what all, all the dots started to come together. Yes. Everything started to connect. We can never see it as it's happening. But looking back, every experience is for a reason. Exactly. Exactly. So when did you formalize what you were teaching and start to create this program? So when I did that first class in this at seminary and there was 71 people that came, I had heard a webinar by Danielle Leslie, which I know like you and I both have have yes. Yes, worked with Danielle. She's awesome. But I had heard a webinar by her and she had said like pre-sale just put mm-hmm. it out there that you have a course and see what happens. So at the end of that webinar where the 71 people showed up, I said, you know what? I'm just going to see if anyone's interested. And I'm going to tell them I have a course that teaches you how to trade. But I was expecting that like nobody would buy this course. But at the end of the workshop, two people bought it. So I was like, oh, man, now I got to go build this <laughs> course. Yep. Yep. But it was so that's so this was 20. This was 2018 built the class. It actually took me about eight months to build out the curriculum. 
but I did it in phases. So while I was teaching those first two students, then I also was building curriculum, brought in my first cohort of students in October of 2018 and did like a fall cohort and had about 30 students. And girl, I thought I was doing something. I was like, oh my gosh, my class has 30 students. Like, oh my gosh, like this is the That is a big feat, though. 30 people have invested their money and said, we want to learn from you. That That's nothing to sneeze at. That's true. And I do I do hope people realize that some of these things, like now my course has won like awards. I'm one of the top creators at Teachable, have over 2,300 students in the course. Like now you look at me and you say, oh, well, you know, it's easy for her. But it's like, no, like I started with two people. And then it grew to 30. And then in 2019, it just started to blow up. Tons of people started to come, but it wasn't even about me. It was just, I worked really hard for my students to make sure that they learned the stock market and learned how to make money. And they started telling their friends. So I have a lot of families in the course. They start, then they tell their sister, who tells the cousin, who tells the friend. But it's just like, it's grown organically because it's just like, It's a good course. Mm -hmm. So I hope people realize that too. Yep. I hope people can see that. You know, I think a course is, when it's really good, it's a mixture of a a few key ingredients. One of them is, of course, the content, you know. Can people actually take this and grow and get results in whatever that topic is? Mm -hmm. And then two, it's um, the teacher, you know, can... Like that person, you could be the smartest person in the world, but if you can't break it down in a way that makes sense and that people can replicate, you know, what you're talking about, your steps, plus also results, it is, it is not valuable to anyone. So what you're describing, it's not just the content because there are lots of people who teach trading. It is also you, you, you got the juice. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I get that a lot though. I get a lot of people that say, you know what, Terry, like I looked at other courses, but I wanted to take this one because like you're a teacher and I know that Mm -hmm. like you, you care about your students and also you can break it down. Like I feel like I could learn from you. And that's like the biggest compliment like I can ever get because that's my goal. Like, I just want to be a good teacher. I want people to learn and get that aha moment of like, oh, it was really this simple. Like, oh, man, I can do that. Now we have like a whole thousand dollar a day club and people are starting to make a thousand dollars in a day. And it's just it's been it's been wild to see the trajectory of how how the students are doing. It sounds incredible. So now, Terry, you have quit your job to trade and travel. Then you have started to teach people how to trade and travel as well. Um, what were the early days of building this out into a business? Number one, did you think it was a business at first or were you just going to do this as another side hustle? So my first business was definitely trading stocks. Like that always wanted to be my home base. Like I wanted to use my profits from stocks to afford my life. So every day I still, even now, every day I'm still trading. So I'm looking at the market, figuring out what stocks I want to invest in, getting into a position. So for me, it's like when when I say position, it's really like if I'm deciding to buy or sell a stock, I can do that. Then I'm looking at kind of financial news, checking back at the end of the day, making my profit, and then using that profit to pay for whatever. So like recently I paid off all my student loans with trading, paid for my house. Like I actually paid for my current house with cash. So like my 
main business is I'm a trader. I love to actively invest. It doesn't have to be daily. It could be even weekly, but I just love to actively invest. So for me, when I first started trading travel with the students in the course, it was just a side hustle. It was. It was a side hustle to my, my trading. And for a little while, when it started growing like crazy, then I had to put more time and effort into it because I was like, oh man, like this is growing so fast. But it literally has continued to be a side hustle. And now I kind of do both businesses simultaneously because now I can trade and, sh- and teach my students what I'm trading. So then it kind of works out. Now, what kind of people should consider trading? So, you know, for myself, I'm certainly interested in paying off a few things, like paying off the rest of my student loans with a nice little side hustle of trading. So, um, you know, selfishly asking for myself also. <laughs> is it, I know it's a good means of creating supplemental income for you, but is it more for, is it for someone like myself who considers herself a novice investor or is it more for, for more experienced and advanced traders? So active investing is really, it's very similar to owning a business. So to me, you're perfect because you're a businesswoman. You know what it means to have someone, like it's really buyers and sellers. So you know how to find something on clearance. You know that there's, when something's good, but then it comes down in price, like you know how to identify that. Or even if you're not a business person, like if you can just go to the store, the department store, see a good good outfit or shirt or something that you want, but then wait for it to go on sale and get it at a better price. Anyone who has that kind of mindset, I think is great for for active investing or for trading because that's literally what we're doing. We're getting good company. So I'm not somebody that's looking at a penny stock or something that's a bad company. I'm not a crypto. Nope. I'm stocks and options, but we're looking at really great companies that even fundamental traders or investors would say are good companies, but then we're waiting for them to go on sale. So when they're having a bad day or there's some bad news or something in the market is just shaken up a little bit, we're looking for those opportunities to get great companies at a, a discount. And then we're waiting for the value to increase and then we're selling them and taking that profit. So if you're any kind of business person, have any kind of business mindset, or can, like I said, just shop and find a clearance, then investing and trading is is for you. I think you could really do it. What about if you're kind of risk averse? So especially now given COVID and, you know, a lot of people see the stock market as too volatile, too risky. What is your take on that? So this is where my risk management plan comes into play. So I actually... One of my biggest losses happened in Thailand. And this is like, if you were ever to ask me like, Terry, like, what was that first part of trading like when you first started being full-time? Well, within the first couple months, I had my biggest loss ever. And like, I remember, I remember it so clearly in my head. Like I was, oh girl, I remember it so clearly. There was this beautiful ceremony. We had this lighting ceremony where everybody was letting lanterns go. So all of my friends had gone. We like the whole city came out. We let these lanterns go and we made wishes. It was like the most beautiful day. And then later on that evening, because the stock market opened at night, I went to check my phone and I saw that I had lost like $26,000 in a trade. And at the time, yes, girl. And I didn't have a whole bunch of money at the time because I was just starting. So this was huge for me. Like I felt like I had lost everything. And I remember like calling my mom and I'm sobbing and I'm telling her, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit right now. Like, you know, like, (laughs) like just, and she's, and she's like, 
all the way in the United States. So she can't, I know that she wanted to just come through that phone and give me a big hug, but she can't. And so what she tells me, she's like, but Terry, and she called me something else, but she's like, uh, but, but Terry, how are you going to make your money back if you quit now? And I was like, what? Like in my head, I was That's like, you're supposed to be the one to like tell me, yes, quit right now. See, I told you show, but she, <laughs> she told me like, how are you going to make your money back if you quit right now? And she I believes in you. Yes. Well, and thank God for that. Because can you imagine this was way back in 2017. Had I quit then, then so many, like over 2000 people would never have learned how to trade in the stock market if I had quit. So it's like, praise God that, like she was willing to breathe into me. Um, but the thing I learned from that was all the mistakes that had led to that trade. And so things of like, I got in too high. I was super loyal to a company that actually wasn't that good of a company. So I didn't do a good job of picking good companies. I had way too many, like my way too many shares. My quantity size was too big. Like all these things when I started analyzing that trade actually have gone into my current way of trading and my current invest with Terry trading plan. Like now I have a full risk management plan that would protect me and my students from ever getting into a situation like that. Things like where was my stop loss? There's a order type when you're trading stocks that can get you out when the market falls or when your stock falls. I should have had that in place. I had like 8,000 shares. What in the world? If it drops even a dollar, I've lost 8,000. So like my quantity size was too big. So it's really now about managing your like managing your risk and you can do that on the front end to protect yourself from losing. So for anybody that is worried like Terry, I'm going to lose everything. I'll t- I would tell them one, you're not going to lose everything because as you're learning, we're going to be trading in a simulator. So at least that takes some of the worry out. And then the other thing is I'm going to teach you all these risk management steps. So it's not that you'll never lose because you will investing. Any kind of investing has risk. But when you do lose, it's going to be a calculated risk that you, you knew ahead of time. Like you, you designated that risk tolerance before we even got into the trade. And that'll take some of the worry away. I love that. And, and you know, if you, and I don't know, you know, how you process it exactly. I do plan to learn though. I, I am going to be up in trade and travel. <laughs> so, you know, when you know in advance, okay, I'm willing to lose up to this much on this bet. I'm pretty sure I'm going to earn, but just in case, you know, it's kind of like Jeopardy, right? Like you have to place that final bet. That informed decision, I'm sure, helps to soften any kind of blow because you have assessed the pros and the cons and decided what was the value you were willing to lose or potentially gain. Yes. I think of it a lot too, like in real estate. Anytime you make an investment, you type you have to think about, okay, on this investment, what is my reward to risk? My reward is usually if you're thinking about like a rental home or something, well, I know that I'm gonna get this monthly rent and this is gonna be the cash flow. But then you also have a risk because the risk is, well, what happens if they the the renter doesn't pay? Well, that's a risk. You might lose some money there. Or what happens if something happens to the house and I have to do all these fixes? Girl, I bought an investment property. We had Three years in a row, we had to fix the heater, the heater, the heating system. And girl, that cost so much. I didn't make any profit. And then, I, oh. yes. And I also had an investment, same investment property where I was in it during the housing crash and a house, like I, it's a condo, the condo right above me sold for $7,000. 
So literally Get out. all the value went away. So it's also a risk there. So you have a reward to risk in any investment, but it's about just calculating that on the front end. So we're also able to do that in stocks and calculate our reward to risk and then decide, are we willing to take on this challenge? Got it. You mentioned before this um, this $500 that you encourage your students to start with. Is that what you would say the average person should get started with to start trading and to start earning money trading stocks? If you're a trader, then your goal is to make a percentage return on your cash on a regular basis. So for my students, we're trying to make 1% of our cash amount, usually a day or as, as often as you trade. So for example, if they make a trade and they're kind of selling every few days, then every time they trade, they're trying to make 1% of their cash amount. So if you have $2,000 and then you're making 1% return, that's like $20 a day. But when that starts adding up, that's $100 a week, $400 a month, just by making $20 a day. So I think a good place to start with investing, and not investing, but more so trading, active trading, is like $2,000. If you can reach that place, then you can start making some pretty good returns and extra cash. But with the yes, but the five hundred dollars is just a lot of times the broker will ask you to fund your account before you start using it, and that five hundred dollars is just to fund the account. So you're an interesting person, and you know you have an interesting path in that you are a successful trader and have been able to turn that side hustle into your full-time career, being able to trade while traveling and living your best life. But then you also fell into realizing that you should start this program and this course, and that's become really successful. Everything you're touching is is turning to gold. <laughs> Sorry, like I was on that Teachable um, session. I think you did. Once you won the award of what was it? 2019 creator of the year yes. then you had a, a a wonderful webinar where you were explaining a little bit about your growth using a course um and can you talk to us a little bit about that path of starting a course how you see it fitting into your overall brand and how you've been able to grow it so successfully in s- such a sh- short period of time you know like courses has been one of those things that has completely brought like took me by surprise I had no idea that I would start a course. And if you would have caught me 10 years ago, I would have told you you were crazy. Like, what are you talking about? I'm going to be teaching people and trading or what? Trading? Um, (laughs) Of all things, right? (laughs) Of all things. But I would say this journey is, it's one really of just putting one foot in front of the other. When I came back from traveling the world and had to finish up seminary, one of the things the Lord had put on my heart was, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to start teaching how people how to invest and you should really make it good. So anything I did, I just wanted to make sure that the, the students that I had taught really knew how to do it well. So even the ones I was thinking back to like the ones overseas, I, I would keep in my mind like, well, how do I make sure that they're still investing and still doing it well? And then we did that class at, I went to Dallas Theological Seminary. So I did that class at at DTS and those two students raised their hand and all I could think about is, I just want to make sure that they learn well. So it it never really was for me of, oh, I'm going to create this course and it's going to be a big deal. It was like, how do I make sure that these students are really learning? And as more students got into the class, it was like, well, I just want to make sure that I have the best curriculum out there. And that 
that's literally how I would say this has evolved for me. I still don't think of it much as I'm a big course creator or I'm like a, a content person. Like I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really put myself in those buckets, although it, it's true. I'm a content creator and I love it. And I want to make sure that my content is the best that's out there. But for me, it's really been about how do I make sure that the students that I have under me, that I'm a good, almost like I'm a good shepherd. How do I steward them well? And the more that I pour into my students, then the course just continues to grow because I think people feel that. They feel that we know that Terry's going to give us the best and then they're getting results. Like they're starting to see their accounts grow. Like I have students that are quitting their jobs now and trading full time. I have some other ones that are, you know, paying for daycare or having to, or being able to take less hours on. I have another one who she was able to actually move to the same city as her husband because before she was so tunnel vision into having to keep her job that they had to work in different cities. But now that she had this way to make extra money, she could actually go and find another job that was take, making less money, but still have the income from trading. So like it's impacting their lives. And that's really what keeps me, me pushing as a course creator. And then just to your point of like, what was this journey like? For the first year of 2018, it was very much a, dang, Terry, you got to make sure that you spend the time. It's a struggle. I think people don't realize how much of a struggle it is to take the time to put it to build curriculum for a course. Whether Oh, yes. Yes. Whether you're in regular education or online education, it takes so much time and energy to put together the curriculum. And you got to really be a teacher too. Like you, like not really, but there has to be some kind of skill set of making whatever big concept simple and putting it into a way where people can digest it. Mm -hmm. So that's been like, that was a big learning curve for me of like, how do I build curriculum? And what, you know, should this be one module, two modules? Should it be online? Should it be videos? But spent a lot of time creating the curriculum when you say a lot of time, um, what do you mean by that? Because I know with for both of us, we we probably both started with that pre-sale model, right? And then built it as we went. So did you build an initial round and then realize, hey, I want to change this around. I want to break it down. For me with podcast moguls, I know I have to do a balance between being overly critical and wanting to like change everything. Like, be like, oh no, I want to redesign that. I want to, <laughs> I want to change that again. And, and also recognizing, no, the content is solid and you have to move forward with marketing now. So walk us through that process for you. I am still one of those people who changes the curriculum all the time. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have students that have been with me since 2017 and they still come to the coaching calls because they know that I'm going to talk about something different. And I'm like, same, same. Coaching calls still have the OGs in there for me. Yes. And it's so crazy because in my head, I'm like, you know, if you stop doing all this new stuff, then you could like some of the people wouldn't come to the calls. Like some of our calls are getting so big, like 500 people coming to every Monday. Wow. <laughs> um, but I'm trying to remember your question now. I'm all, all right, right. <laughs> Excuse us, guys. This is so much to unpack here. But my question is, um, you know, you talked about how much time, how much time did it take you to build out this course and to create your curriculum? It took me from 
March of, excuse me, from, yeah, from March to my first class in 20, 2018. So from March to May, it took me those two months to actually even build the slides for one presentation. So if you think about that, like I have eight classes now in my course and it took me two months to just build the slides for one presentation. <laughs> so for me, it took about, it took about eight months, eight months to build out the curriculum. But then every time I would have a class, I would tweak it. So for the next year of 2018 and then 2019, so 2018, I was kind of building it, putting it together. I had those students. So what I would do is I would take, I would test out everything. I'd build out the slides, teach those two, and then test it. And then I would go tweak everything from what I taught them and build it some more. And I, I just kept doing that rinse and repeat until I would get the curriculum together. But then that fall cohort came and Every time that we, so I would do these weekly coaching calls, but every week I would work on all the, the curriculum and then teach it to them. But, but every single quarter after that, going into 2019, I would teach the whole thing all over again, tweak it to make it better so that people could understand it better. So literally, if you, I would say all together, it took me about two years. And even now I still am tweaking things and trying to make it better. Because I just, like I said, my, my goal more so than even income or revenue with the courses, I just want to have the best course out there for trading stocks. And I want to make sure that my students are learning so that they're making significant income. Like we're trying to teach a thousand students to make a thousand dollars in a day. So what do I need to do to get them all to that thousand dollars in a day? Yes. And I absolutely relate to that feeling of, you know, if someone asks you something in your class, you're just like, oh, I'll, I'll create a quick guide to that. Like, you just want to make sure there's every single question that could come up, there's a resource or it's really broken down. So that is just the the value makers in us. We, you know, we're not just putting something out there to put something out there. Like, we are going to make sure it is legit. And if we feel, we don't know why, we were, we were given this gift, but if we're being given a gift and being called to, to tell people and teach people about it, then, we'll, you know, we're going to make it good. I, I completely relate to you on that. Yes. There's this scripture in Colossians of the Bible, and it talks about do your best in all things as if working for God and not for man. And I think that's kind of something I've always internalized. Like if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do my best. And it's not going to be for any any person's approval or accolades is because I want to make sure I do my best for God. And so that's kind of the, the motto and like way that I've gone about the course as well. After talking to you, I'm sure some people can feel other than having your house flooded or <laughs> that, that loss in Thailand. I mean, it really just seems like you've always been profitable. Things have been pretty smooth and seamless. Has it been that way? Or would you describe, you know, this as a challenge in some days? Any business behind the scenes is craziness. Yeah. <laughs> If you were to see my hair right now, like me and my hair have had, had a struggle all morning. Like, right. And and by the way, guys, that's why I do my interviews with audio only. Okay. I don't want to feel pressure to get dressed up and I don't want you to feel pressure. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I was like, maybe I should real quick show my videos and the kid can see me. But right. 
Yes. <laughs> I mean, I can show you too, but yeah, if we're going to do video, maybe we'll do an IG live. Maybe we'll do, you know, hit us in the comments when you listen to this and let me know if you want us to do like a post live or something oh, like that. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. My, I have like this one little bitty bun and, and that's literally just because I tried to like wash it, but I couldn't find shampoo. So I was like, okay, we're going to wash it with some body wash and we're going to <laughs> no. put it up. Um, but I think the, the biggest struggles in my world right now have been first, it was a struggle to just make the time to put in the work. Mm-hmm. So I love, I love, I love, I love trading, but the the fact that I was now teaching this class actually felt like it was taking some of my freedom away. Because now mm. instead of just me being able to do my own thing, I'm now accountable for these other people. I have to show up on these calls every night. I have to actually um, put together curriculum and answer their questions. Girl, you don't know how many times I've looked at my email and I'm like, oh, man, somebody asked me another question. I got to answer it. (laughs) (laughs) But there's always, I think, going to be this little fight when you're an entrepreneur of your free time Mm -hmm. versus pouring into this business. So I think that's mm-hmm. been something that I've had to learn how to enjoy. And even now I'm like mentally, um, mentally training myself to see everything as a blessing. Like I get a privilege to teach this class. It's not a burden. Like this is a privilege that people are coming into the course. And it's a privilege that I'm able to um, even trade or, or understand this financial world. It's a privilege. Like starting to have that mindset, I, I do believe was a learning curve. Because like I said, I started all this because I didn't want a boss. I didn't want a boss. I didn't want to have to answer to anyone. But whenever you're pouring into a business, it actually takes a lot of time and energy. And so that I think has been like, it was a struggle. And now I'm starting to get a hold of it, like starting to build a team, delegate. Um, but that's something I would say, if you, if you were to like, Terry, do you like this? I'd be like, girl, there's some days I do and some days I don't. <laughs> Because there are really no off days, you know, this like someone can email you any day. And uh, and when you are someone who wants to pour into others, I'm sure that it one is hard to say, OK, I'm not going to check my email at all today. And then once you see an email, you want to respond to it. So um, I, I think that, you know, I know what you're going through in that regard. Yeah. And I definitely don't want anyone on here that's my student to be like, oh, man, Terry doesn't like us. I love you guys. <laughs> I know what you mean. It means that um, yeah. you are, yeah, you are a giver and you want to make sure everyone is happy. Everyone gets it. And so that means that it's very hard for you to truly feel to, like you're off. What does that look like for an entrepreneur? We're all still trying to figure it out, right? How do I, how do I truly um, take time for myself or how do you take time for yourself without making anyone feel like you have abandoned them, especially if you're taking in students on an ongoing basis. So um, do you, have you figured out some hacks for that? One hack is that I use TV as a reward. Hmm. So, So before I love TV, like I literally could watch all the episodes of everything. Like even lately I've been watching Suits And like I can binge watch and just sit in my little media room and just watch TV all day. But then I've realized that like when I do that, I start feeling guilty because then I'm looking at all the work I had to do and I'm like, oh, I don't have time. And it's like, girl, please, you had time. You just spent that time binge watching 
suits, you know, like, <laughs> so one of the things I've done is I start started like making it a reward. Okay. If you do this for your business, then you get to watch an episode. And so that actually has made working a lot more fun too. Cause I'm like, okay, I can feel good about watching this episode because it was my reward for finishing this. And it's just like a little mind play, which probably is silly. But for me, it it helps because I don't feel as guilty watching TV when I know that it's a reward for me doing something for my job. So I like that. Yes, I like that. So before we jump into the lightning round, let us know what is next for trade and travel. So the biggest thing is this million dollar a day movement. We are helping a thousand students to make a thousand dollars in a day in the stock market. And what this is, is my course, I think of it more like a continued education. If you were to sign up for a finance class at a university that was teaching you how to invest, and this exit exam is you're able to trade some, if I gave you some money, you could trade that portfolio and make a thousand dollars in a day with it. So that's our exit exam. So we're trying to get a thousand students to that level where they're trading and they can actually generate a thousand dollars of profit in a day. And that could be a swing trade or a day trade, but they're selling the stocks that they were in and actually realizing that money. And the coolest thing is because if we're able to have a thousand dollars a day generated in the stock market, we can start changing the world. That money can go towards building up education systems, redoing our health care, making sure that families have mental health, like so many things that we can impact in the world if our students are generating a million dollars in a day. So that's like the big thing that I'm excited about right now. I'm excited about that as well. Like I said, I have goals now that I'm a mom for, um, you know, putting aside and investing. And I'm, you know, so glad that I found you and can learn more. So now we're going to jump into the lightning round. Okay. So in the lightning round, you know the deal. You answer the very first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? I am ready. All right, let's do this. All right, number one, what is a resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience? My favorite broker is TradeStation. So there's lots of online brokerages from Robinhood to TD. TD Ameritrade, but my favorite one is TradeStation. Reason why is because they give you faster entry times. They give us more margin. So like for my every $2,000 I have, they give us four times that in buying power. So I can actually trade with $8,000. So I just really love their platform and, and they're great partners of my school. So they give discounts to my students. So that's a resource I really like. Oh, good one. Number two, what's been the best business book that has directly helped you with trade and travel? I really like Who Moved My Cheese because it just really helps you think through change. And as an investor, like we have to pivot all the time and stock might move and you got to be able to quickly make a new decision. So I like that book. But then I also would say that as a trader, it's even more important to take a class from a live investor. Because a lot of times, some of the best nuggets that you get are from what they say and not even the curriculum. But it's just listening to the little tidbits they say that help them become a better trader. So I also think courses are really good for investing. Number three, what's a non-negotiable part of your daily routine? I wake up at 8 a.m. and I watch CNBC. Usually it's like Squawk on the Street, the TV show. But it just gives me this understanding of what's happening in the market and I'm able to execute my day better. Hmm. 
Number four, what is a personal habit that has significantly helped you in your business? Honestly, I wish I could say sleep, but I would totally be lying. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but a cool new trick that I got recently is I started voice recording my to-do into Asana. And then my team can come and see those voice recordings and assign it to themselves. So that's been like a super easy way to start tracking all the to-dos and getting help. Ah, like that. And then finally, Terry, what is your parting advice for fellow side hustlers and entrepreneurs who want to, like you, be their own boss, travel the world, not report to anyone per se, um, but are worried about losing that steady paycheck? I would say step out on faith and just go for it because fear will never get you where you really want to be. Like it will totally destroy your dreams if you just let fear take over. And I also think that as an investor, like it can also really hurt you from taking advantage of all the great things that the stock market has in store. Like even during this coronavirus time, yes, um, people were losing their jobs and yes, uh, everybody was a little worried, but at the same time, the stock market had one of its biggest run in decades. So please don't let fear stop you from being from being an investor. And then also think about investing in stocks in a more active way. It's something that can give you income right now versus waiting for a retirement. I love it. And I've really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you so, so much for being in the guest chair and breaking down um, trading for us and what you do. We're so excited to learn more and get started with you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I love it. Thank you so much for being in the guest chair and breaking down how to have a successful side hustle turn full-time business from trading. So there you have it, guys. If you'd like to hear more from Terry and learn from her directly, I recommend enrolling in her trade and travel course at sidehustlepro.co slash trade and travel. Now, full disclosure, that is an affiliate link. So I do get credit if you join through my link. And I'm recommending this because Terry knows her stuff. And I would only recommend this if I know for a fact the results she has helped people to achieve and that I have seen. I also think the side income you can earn by following Terry's trading guidance is significant. So I highly recommend this program and I myself will be continuing to learn from Terry so I can make this yet another revenue stream for myself and my family. So if you're interested in learning more as well, head over to sidehustlepro.co slash trade and travel and let her know I sent you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other side hustlers just like you to find the show. And if you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Side Hustle Pro. Plus, sign up for my six-foot Saturday newsletter at sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter. When you sign up, you will receive weekly nuggets from me, including what I'm up to, personal lessons, and my business tip of the week. Again, that's sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter to sign up. Talk to you soon.